Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Last week, uh, last week, Carmen and I went out of town for a wedding, a family wedding, and I'm telling you what, it was a trip. It was a trip. We left here on Thursday afternoon, drove through North Louisiana, all the way up to North Mississippi, and back through South Louisiana, and we were back in town by 5.30 on Sunday. It was, it was a lot of car riding, okay, a lot of car riding. As I was thinking about my topic for tonight, I really just started reflecting on our trip from this week, started reflecting on my uh, conversations, my experiences, and uh, the people that I've reconnected with and the people that I've connected with for the first time. And, and uh, this is kind of a different message for me, so you're going to have to bear with me, but it's a little bit different. But uh, I want to kind of talk to you I'm gonna, I, about some of the stuff from this journey that I was on this week. But the title of my message is called, Can You Hear the Singing? Can you hear the singing? Look at your neighbor and tell him, can you hear it? Can you hear it? Now, some of you in here are um, like me, okay? Some of you in here are just like me. You are, while you're in the car, while you're traveling, while you're going, you are very loud car singers or any of those people in the house tonight. Okay, all right. Now, some of you are not car singers, okay? Those are the people that just looked at the car singers and said, you need to stop singing. Okay, that's the rest of you, okay? All right. Now, I am luckily, I, luckily I'm a car singer, uh, but I'm married to a car singer that's much better than me. So when I'm car singing, I hear somebody else car singing, and she's a whole lot better. So I stop car singing, and I just start listening to her car singing. And it works much better that way. It works much better that way. You know, in your Bible, I want you to turn to Philippians 3 and 14. And this is a very popular uh, source of, of text here. And, and um, we're going to go there and we're going to put it in our back pocket. But I, I hope to look at it from a different angle tonight, okay? It's very, very familiar to, her, to you. But let's, let's read it. I press on to reach the end. Say the end. The end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now, I, I want you to just kind of book that, bookmark that, put it in your back pocket, and we're going we're gonna to go back to that later, and I hope to show you and, and open that up in a little bit different manner. So, going back to our trip, this, it was a marathon. It was a race for us, okay? It was, it, those of you that are parents, especially parents of small children, um, if you're trying to go out of town, you have to understand that if you say that you are going to leave by 8 a.m., that is not going to happen, <laughs> right? And can I get an amen? Amen. That is not going to happen. In fact, if you want to leave at 8 a.m., uh, if you're planning on leaving at 8 a.m., most likely you're going to leave at 8 p.m., and that's going to be your plan. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. That's exactly what happened to me and Carmen this last week. We had planned on leaving early, and we didn't end up getting out of town until way late. And, you know, it, we thought we were going to leave early, and it didn't work out. And 
we go up to North Louisiana, we see some of my family, and, and we stay the night. But the next day on the trip was one of, my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite times on the trip, one of my favorite days. We went to my old high school, Houghton High School, Houghton High School in Houghton, Louisiana. Houghton's a small little town uh, just east of Bossier City, Shreveport area in Louisiana. And uh, Houghton, Louisiana is where Dak Prescott went to school. Any Dak fans in the house? Houghton taught him how to be good. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just, just saying. Now, Houghton is a lot like Lumberton. It's a lot like Lumberton. It was a small town, but then all of a sudden it started, boom, started growing. In fact, they've grown so much that they're working on building right now their third middle school in the last 15 years. Third middle school. In fact, this one, we drove by it and looked at it. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw my Instagram story. It, it has three stories. It has three stories. A middle school has three stories. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, uh, but Houghton, uh, it, it's crazy. Every time I go back at it, at, to it, I'm amazed by how much it's growing. But while I was growing up, um, <laughs> it was not that. It was not that. But in high school, I played basketball. And I'll tell you what, we had, I remember it's clear as day. Our gym had this awesome, real hardwood floor. Those of you that play basketball, you understand that there's nothing like playing on a real hardwood floor, okay? If you're playing on concrete or something else, just... It's not the same. You plant a real hardwood floor. It shined every year. It's buffed every year. It's amazing, right? You go in there, and I, I remember in high school, man, it was crazy. I, I treated it like it was Madison Square Garden, right? You walk out on that floor, and you thought thousands of people were screaming, right? Thousands of people were screaming. Well, the, then me and Carmen, we, we drive past this beautiful new middle school they're building, and then we drive over to my old high school, and we drive up to the gym, that thing is awful. <laughs> it's probably smaller than this room. It's probably small. I, 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 there wasn't thousands of people there. In fact, there might have been, maybe can't even get 500 people in there, right? Maybe, I, I, maybe. You know, when I look back on it, it's not near as big as I thought it was. It's not near as big, it's not as near as glorious as I thought it was. You know, in our life, in our life, when we look back on old times, you know, I have so many people that say, uh, so many people say, well, I just want the old times back. I just, uh, Michael, I just, if we could just get to where we were in the old times. You mean the old times when we used to have to print out map quests so we could go somewhere? Some of y'all remember that, right? <laughs> or, or actually, God forbid, use a real map, a real, a real map. All right, do, do they make those anymore? I don't know. See, the old times, the old times are never as good as we thought they were, but they're also never as bad as we thought they were. The old times in your life are never going to be, they never were as good as you thought they were, but the bad times in your life are never as bad as you thought they were. You know, I, we had a, an instance this trip. I was telling Scott about it this week um, on my trip. And uh, <laughs> we went to Moe's. And, and Moe's is a, one of our favorites while we're on the road. It's a little, you know, Tex-Mex, fake-Mex type restaurant. So uh, we're standing in line, and, and it's after church. Ethan is already crazy tired. He's ready to take a nap, right? He's ready to take a nap. And uh, I'm holding him, and Carmen gives him a little applesauce, apple strawberry pouch. And, and she says... She opens it and says, don't squeeze it. 
If she wouldn't have said nothing, he wouldn't have. But he went. And I was holding him, so the pouch went all over me. I said, dear Jesus. I stopped right there because I was about to say, take him back. You can have him. I was about to take him. You can have him back right here. He's all yours. Go. Do your thing. But so I go and I get all cleaned up and, 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 and Ethan is being just crazy in line. He's just tired and he's frustrated and he's just, he's ready to take a nap. So we, we get our food and we go sit down and, and I get up to go get a drink and I come back and Ethan is taking our food tray and he's sliding it back and forth and Carmen says, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So he tries to pick the tray up instead of sliding it. She puts her salsa down right in front of me. Some of y'all know what's about to happen. She puts her salsa down right in front of me to stop Ethan. And in her hands movement from setting the salsa down to get over to Ethan, to get him to stop lifting the tray of food that we just paid for, he goes, wham, and slides this salsa all over my church clothes that already had strawberry applesauce on them. Let me just tell you, I got my Holy Ghost tested. I got my Holy Ghost tested in that moment. It was, it was tested. It was tested. So I get up and I'm like, oh my, I, I, are you kidding me? So I go and I get all cleaned up. And if you, it, it's, I, I, we were about to drive back. And, and so I ended up having to go get more clothes. And so, okay, I'm going to go get more clothes and I go to change. It gets even better. I go to the restroom and I go to change. And I had my, my nice pants that I was about to put on so I can drive. All right, my nice pants I'm about to put on. Well, you don't set, when you go to the restroom, you go to change, you don't set it on the toilet. That's just gross, right? You set it on the sink. Well, I set my pants on the sink. It was an automatic sink. My nice new pants that I was about to put on just got baptized. Y'all, it was over at that point. It was over. I walked out and I said, I'm done. I'm done with today. It's it. I'm over. I'm, I'm, I, I can't win. I can't win. It's over. It's done. Now, in that moment, I was unbelievably upset. So frustrated. So frustrated. I was like, I literally, I, I couldn't enjoy my, my drink. I couldn't enjoy my food. I couldn't enjoy anything. My company, I couldn't enjoy anything. Right? Couldn't enjoy it at all. But once we got on the road, five hours later, I looked back on it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Right? That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny stuff. That's one I'm going to look back on. I'm, I'm, that's one for the journal, right? I'm going to look back on it. Guys, so many times in our life, we have things that we think that are awful. They're the worst thing in the world. And then we look back on it and say, you know, it's not as bad as what I thought it was in the moment. It's not as bad as I thought it was in the moment. I think we can learn from this lesson in our current moments. Check this out. This is another popular uh, verse here, Philippians 4 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, by, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known to God. Now, we can easily look at that scripture, and we can apply the anxiousness to our obvious situations. We can apply anxiousness to when we don't have money to pay the bills. We can apply our anxiousness to when our, us and our kids and our, us and our spouses are fighting. We can apply our anxiousness anywhere in the obvious situations when we're going through real stuff in our lives. But there's a reason that the word anything is in there. 
It doesn't just say don't be anxious when things are the worst. Don't be anxious about anything. Let me ask you tonight, what is your anything? What is your anything? Is it salsa being spilled all over you while you're in the middle of the restaurant? Because that made me anxious, right? That made me anxious. Is it an extra project that you have at work that's holding you over? Is it a family gathering that's coming up and you're stressed out about it? Or is it simply maybe as easy as trying to decide where you're going on vacation this summer? Either way, we've got to look at it. We're looking at it with the now view. We're looking at it when we allow anxiousness to rule our heart. We're looking at it through the now view. It's a ground level. Anytime we're getting stressed, and this is something that I'm personally working on. I've got to do better at it. We've, what we've got to do is get up to the 10,000 feet view. We've got to get up to the 10,000 feet view. Look at what you're anxious over from 10,000 feet. Is what you're anxious over right now going to matter in 10 years or 15 years or 15,000 years? Is that little thing going to make you anxious? Is it... Is it going to matter? Is it going to matter? Notice in the scripture right here, it says this. It says it, to bring thanksgiving. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Now, I know instantly you think in my moment of anxiousness, in my moment of stress, in my moment where, where internally I'm at my peak of anxiety. Thankfulness is the farthest thing from my, from my mind, right? Thanking but anybody for anything, I was not thinking about thanking God when that salsa came on me. That was the farthest thing from my mind. But the word says, but by, ever, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, before it talks about your anything, you've got to deal with thanksgiving first. What are you going through coming out of 2016? Right now, I'm here to tell you that God is in your situation. But what you've got to realize is the prequel of your great victory in 2017 is a spirit of great thankfulness that's got to come over your heart. The prequel to your great victory will always be a great spirit of thankfulness. Always. Always, always, always. I can look back on my life and the greatest times have always followed when my spirit was thankful. When I was thankful for the people that were in my life. When I was thankful for the job that I had. When I was thankful for my wife. When I was thankful for my son. When I was thankful for my friends that I have around me. When I am thankful, I'm victorious. Do you believe that today? When I'm thankful, I'm victorious. Clap your hands today. You know, we continued on our trip. We went to a wedding, uh, went to church on Sunday, and we're fine. We went to eat, and we had the salsa incident, and uh, we finally made our trip home. Now, if you've ever traveled with a baby or with a toddler, you understand that this can be a very, very trying time in your life. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Brother Gary. I appreciate that. Amen. That could be a trying time in your life. Now, we got on the road, and Carmen wanted to drive because I was going to try to watch Cowboys game. Amen? Um, so Carmen wanted to drive, and, and we get on the road, and we, 
we get on the road and realize one problem. We needed gas. Ethan was asleep. If we stop, we know what's going to happen. He's going to wake up. So finally, unfortunately, cars run on gas, and when you're out of gas, cars don't run. So eventually, we had to stop only an hour into our trip. And sure enough, my little buddy Ethan woke up. And, and of course, he's ready to get out of his seat and play, and, and we just don't do that on the road. So uh, you can only imagine the fun that ensued, right? You can imagine the fun. Carmen's driving. I'm acting a fool trying to entertain Ethan. I mean, I, if y'all had a video, it, it wouldn't have been good. It would have been viral, okay? You'd have done seen it on CNN or something. It'd been crazy, okay? You don't want to see it, all right? I'm acting a fool trying to entertain Ethan, and, and, and Carmen, her, her back starts tensing up, and she's got a little heating pad. And if one more thing could go wrong on this little drive home, it'd be wonderful, Right? If one more thing could go wrong, that'd be awesome. But we pushed through on this drive. We made it all the way through on this one statement. But I get to go home. But I get to go home. I'm, I'm dealing with this stuff, but I get to go home. Carmen's back's hurting, but I get to go home. Ethan is not happy with anything right now unless we're watching choo-choo trains. But, but I get to go home. I get to go home. You know, there's nothing like home, amen? Nothing like your bed, your recliner, your coffee cup, right? This trip was excruciating to say the least, but at the end there was one goal. There was something to get to. We get to go home. Look at your neighbor and say home. Let's go back to Philippians 3. This chapter opens up as Paul is talking about his life, he was as qualified as you could be as a religious person. And he was talking a little bit about that. But his purpose in that was not to glorify himself. In fact, it was completely the opposite. He was telling about how all of that stuff doesn't even matter. In fact, he says in verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable. Now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. That word worthless comes back to a word that I'm not willing to say in church because it's essentially cow poop. It's worthless. All the stuff that I've done is worthless. It sets up the scripture that we read previously in the night. He says, look, I am not perfect, but I drive towards it. I have not achieved it. In verse 13, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I believe that God is calling us in 2017 to live our lives through the windshield, not through the rearview mirror. To live through the windshield and not through our spiritual rearview mirror. Now, notice in verse 14, it refers to a heavenly place. We read that earlier. It says it refers to a heavenly place, this mark that we're reaching for. I press on. I'm going to get there one day. But in verse 13, the prequel to that, it's all about what? Forgetting the past. I believe that's important. I believe that's important. Forgetting our past. So often we live in the rearview mirror in our past. 
The fear of our past failures drive us to future failures. Well, Michael, you don't understand. I was clumsy in 2016, so I'm going to be clumsy in 2017. I wasn't very good at my job in 2016, so I'm not going to be very good at it. Me and my wife had the worst arguments in our marriage in 2016. What we do is we start to repeat the past because we keep looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. We repeat the past. The fear of our past failures drive us to our future failure. You know, one thing that I found is that you can't get a right now victory looking at a yesterday defeat. You can't get a right now win looking at a yesterday loss. It's not going to happen. And it's the same thing when we flip a brand new year. You can't get a 2017 victory looking at your defeats from 2016. It's not going to happen. What you've got to do is you've got to take your defeats from 2016. Put them in a big old spiritual garbage bag. Your sin, your defeat, the stuff that you've faced all of your life. You've got to put it in a big spiritual garbage bag. And you've got to throw it gone. You've got to get rid of it. If you want to find victory in your life, you've got to get it. It's all in what you're looking at, people. Most of us have had great victories in 2016. I don't believe that scripture in verse 13 is only talking about forgetting the bad part of our past. It was a great year for many of you. But you have a challenge as well. I've seen people live off the strength of only their past victories, and that's just as dangerous. When you live only off the strength of your past victories, eventually you're going to run out of strength from that victory. Eventually. It's like looking backwards while you're trying to run a marathon. Now, if we were an echo right now, I would pull a couple of people up front and we would illustrate that. But we're going to do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. I need, I need two people to think they can run real fast. Chris thinks he can real run fast. R run real fast. Uh, oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to come down here. Oh, look at him. He's taking the boots off. Okay, Chris. So you, Chris, he's got his Apple Watch. He said he's got a renewed interest in the gym. He's a very athletic person. Would you say that? I mean, unless he's on the golf course. I mean, I mean, just whatever. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I, I, it just, it, yeah, I know. That hurt, didn't it? That hurt. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to turn around backwards. But I want you, no, backwards. Okay. That way. Okay. You're going to go that way. But I want you to look right there. Okay. Pastor Brandon, I want you to look this way. And what you're going to do when I say go, you're going to go to that pew and back. Run there and back as fast as you can. You have to go backwards. You got just like that, okay? You ready? All right? You feel good about this? Can you give me a track pose? You going to give me a good track pose? Okay. Man, he's got his socks on. Man, I, I just wouldn't want to mess with Pastor Brandon right now. Here we go. All right, ready? Ready? Set, go. Oh, no, no. You got to run backwards, Jack. No, see? He cheated. Leave it to Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Many of us have had great victories. Great victories in 2016. 
But if we dwell on those victories, try to drag them into 2017, all we're doing is trying to run a marathon while looking backwards. We're trying to win a race while looking backwards. And eventually, what's going to happen? I, I could have put some obstacles out there. I didn't want any injuries. We, we didn't need that. But eventually, what's going to happen is you're not looking where you're going and you're going to fall. You're going to trip. Why? Why? Because I'm not looking where I'm going. Don't live off the strength only of your past victories today. When we're sure that the past was always better than the present, we're more likely to resist the change that God could bring better things in our lives. Living off of the past keeps you from looking to God's future to, for your life. Living off of the past. Well, Michael, I've been living off the past. What do I, how do I fix it? How do I get out of this rut? You got to have vision. You got to get vision for your life, family vision personal vision, occupational, career vision, even a vision for your relationships. You know, I, I, some of you may have read ahead in this, this chapter right here, and Paul even says this. He says, but we must hold on to the progress we've already made. So, Michael, what are you saying? Which one do we do? Here's what I'm saying. So many times we take our victories and we treat our victories like it's the speaker right here, and I look at it, and man, that is an amazing trophy of my victory. I look back on it and I say, man, that's an amazing victory. And I try to run my race. But I'm looking at that. God's not calling us to trophy victories. He's calling us to put our victories on his armor for the next battle. Your victory from 2016 is not a beautiful trophy for you to put up on your spiritual shelf and say, my God, those were great times. It's armor for you to put on for me to go into 2017 and say, I'm ready for battle, baby. Let's go. I'm ready. You've got to fix your eyes on something. You've got to fix your eyes. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. You know who's a pioneer? Somebody that does something for the first time. When you drive your faith into Jesus, he makes you a pioneer. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured on the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What is your victory in 2017? Pastor preached about we're going to win on Sunday. We are going to. Anybody believe that? We are going to win. Part of why we're going to win is because our previous victories and our previous failures are going to stay there. We're going to put our previous victories on his armor, and we're going to leave our defeats in the past, walking into the future, ready to fight a great battle in the name of Jesus. If you're ready to do that, will you stand and clap your hands, and let's give Jesus a little worship. Stay standing. You know, going in, into the new year is a beautiful, beautiful time. It's a time where we're all trying to better ourselves physically, mentally, and, 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 and emotionally, spiritually. I'm sure there were people here on Sunday that came to church for the first time in a long time. Man, I'm so thankful for that. But we can't forget the real mark that we're pressing for. When I got home on Sunday night, I was like, 
I sat in my recliner, got to drink hot chocolate out of my mugs. I was sitting in my house, go to bed in my bed. Finally, my home. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press on to, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. The end of the race, the heavenly prize, all of this here is temporary. It's eventually going to go away. But one day, we get to go home. There's a mark that I'm pressing for, and it's greater than any job promotion. It's greater than any house, bigger house, or public status, or great car that I could drive. It's funny how heaven is going to be the greatest moment in eternity for us. Yet it's the moment that we lose sight of so easily. It's going to be the greatest gift ever, yet oftentimes we end up treating it like a stocking stuffer. See, what we've got to do is we've got to press our, I'm going somewhere, we've got to press our heart into the heart of Jesus. Much like John the Beloved did at the Last Supper. See, at that dinner, Jesus begins to tell his disciples, I'm leaving. I'm about to be killed. I'm about to, it, it, I'm about to be crucified. But there's a great future ahead if you will trust and have faith. Walking into a new journey, Jesus is telling them to trust and have faith. I'm leaving. I, I'm, I'm setting you on a new journey. But if you trust and have faith, there those men were left to make a decision. To do something with what Jesus said. And John the Beloved's only response was what? To lean his head into the chest of Jesus so we could listen. Listen. It's much like Jerusalem. And Zephaniah 3 and 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. We were on the last leg of this trip. Ethan is watching his choo-choo trains on my phone. And we're just we're watching choo-choo trains, learning how to count. And he gets to 10 on this, this video and he sets the, he pushes the phone away. And without warning, he starts singing a song that we've been teaching him, but I've never heard him sing it before. He started singing it on his own. He said, Jesus loves me. And he doesn't know the rest of the words, but he starts humming the melody. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. And he chimes in on the second half, little ones. Then we get to the chorus and he knows that. He says, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. In the middle of the journey, in the middle of the road, in the middle of my goal, I've got to get home. In the middle of, but I get to go home heard the most beautiful voice singing a song that it was sung 
in a way I had never heard it before. See, God has a, has a song he wants to sing over you in 20, 2017. Too many times we, we want to prepare, we want to proclaim our New Year's resolution so loudly that I'm afraid we forgot to listen to Jesus' voice resolutely. We want to be the top of the mountain, screaming our resolutions. But what we should really be is on our knees, resolutely listening for the voice of Jesus. telling you tonight, no matter where you are, walking into this year, the challenge for you is to do much like my Apple Watch tells me about three times a day. It'll look at me and it'll buzz me and say, it's time to breathe. Walking into this new year, I'm listening to this preacher tell you, it's time to breathe in the song of Jesus. I'm asking you tonight, can you hear the singing? Can you hear the loud singing? If you can't hear the loud singing of Jesus, maybe it's time to quiet yourself and let him sing over you. Maybe it's time that we stop proclaiming our resolution so loudly and we start resolutely listening to the voice of Jesus, tuning in our spiritual radio dials and receiving the song. Some of you need the song of peace in your life. He's singing it. Some of you need a song of joy walking into 2017. You've got your joy in your life. He's singing it tonight. Some of you need, you, you need a song of comfort. You've dealt with more loss in 2016 than, than your spirit can bear. Tonight he's singing that song. He's singing that song over you. But all you have to do is breathe in and listen for the song of God. And I'm asking you, can you hear the song? If you want to hear the song, Will you step out from, from your, your seat and maybe make your way to...